The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire, Whiskey, and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. So I just put on a new perfume, and it's called Dwight, You Ignorant Slut, and it makes me really happy. It's weird, because, like, it was, like, the description of it was, like, peppermint and lemonade, and I was like, that sounds terrible, and it smells like peppermint and lemonade, but it actually works. Who's, it's very fresh. I don't know if I'll wear it all the time, but... Who's Dwight? God damn it, woman, have you not watched The Office yet? I tried, and I hate it. I can't do it. I, I was the exact same way. I could not stand it. I did not watch it for years. And then it just played in the background at work every single day. And like different episodes throughout the series just started to hit and were really funny. And Jimmy was the same way. He didn't want to watch the show. And I told him what I had been told, which was start with season two. Because season one is very much based on the British office, which is obviously British humor is very different than American humor. But, like, going back now, I can kind of watch season one. Season two is significantly better, or I should say significantly less painful to watch because I get, like, stressed by proxy. And a lot of what Michael Scott does in season one and two just makes me stressed and, like, makes me angry and I can't handle it because he's so terrible. But... Jimmy and I have probably watched the entire series at least 10 times through now. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. It, it definitely takes some getting used to, but that is not important. But didn't they also take it off Netflix, though? Uh, they are at the end of the year, so you have until December 31st to watch it. And I know it sucks, and you're going to struggle through it. But I guarantee if you get through all of season two, you'll be hooked. Well, I need to distance myself from the reason why I started watching it in the first place. So let's start there. <laughs> um. Okay, your new reason, because your best friend and co-host is telling you, and I'm going to make it, get this, my birthday wish. Because guess what today is, Kat? Well, not like today, the day we're recording, but the day that this releases. It's the day that Claire got one year older. It is the day of her birth. It is the day her mom screamed and yelled and cried. No, my when mother she was completely zen. Out. My mother is a very zen birth giver, from what I can tell. You weren't even there. Well, you were, but you don't. I, I mean, I was literally <laughs> the closest person to it. <laughs> like, no one was closer to her on that day than I was. But, oh, that's that's an image I didn't need in my Today head. Today is Thanks, the Claire's day brain. that Claire was born and then she was raised up like Simba. 
Okay, one, The Lion King had not yet been released. <sighs> and number two, no. I'm just making but stuff up, man. You really are. I, I will say that the worst part about this for me, though, is I had such big plans for this birthday. And I was, it's, for those of you who don't know, I'm turning 29. So it was my last year of my 20s. In the first year of the new 20s, and Nashville has a whole bunch of speakeasies, so I was going to dress up in this fantastic dress. Oh, you need to see this dress. It's an amazing dress. It is like a wowza, wah-ha dress. And like, and damn, like it is that kind of dress. And I was going to go out with some friends, and we're going to hit up some speakeasies. So we were going to celebrate Prohibition style, and instead, all we got was the fucking 2020 version of the 1920s, 1820s, and 1720s plagues. So, joke's on us. We all joked in January that there was going to be a new plague, or that we needed a new plague, and then Jesus was like, here's the plague, and we're like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. (laughs) Fake laughter, real tears. Okay, so enough of the talk. We're not going to talk about that anymore. Because I know it stresses people out, and they're hearing about it nonstop. So, so what are you going to do? Social isolation, friend. What else am I going to do? Who knows? Maybe I'll get crazy. Maybe I'll break out a blender and make a frozen margarita in my house. Yeah, that's or, what I meant. I meant, what are you going to do in your house is what I meant. Oh, um, I mean, I have all smoky moonshine, but it's like the cream moonshine. So, like, I have the Java one. And I have the butter pecan one, and the butter pecan one is, like, badass. And also notice that I went from pecan to pecan, because, like, I'm one of those people, I'm not a hard and fast pecan versus pecan person. So, like, when I'm talking about the nut, I'll say, oh, I like pecans. But if it's the pie, it is pecan pie. And then I went to Scotland once, and I asked for a pecan tart, and he was like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, I would like a pecan tart, and he was like, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm like, it's pecan tart. It's right there. And he goes, oh, you mean pecan. And I'm like, shut up, you fucking snotty Scottish bastard. Get wrecked. Give me my pastry. And I did not actually say that because the Scots are very nice. But to be fair, I had just finished a tour of Loch Ness. And I may or may not have started my morning at 8 o'clock in the morning with coffee that was mostly scotch. So I... <laughs> God damn it, I miss Scotland. Yeah, it's like that Snickers commercial. Almond, 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 almond. And then the guy that says almond, he gets pushed out the car because the guy only (laughs) likes almond. Oh my God, I just saw... Oh, there was an unbelievable Snickers commercial, and I remember just, like, gasping and staring at it, and I can't remember what it was for, but it was up there with the Evian commercial, where the guy from the Fire Festival who offered to give a blowjob to get all the water shipments was in it, but, like, it was up there, but anyway, we're getting really off topic. It's like, is it Amen, or is it Amen? Amen. Yeah, but that's in the song, but then if you're just talking, it's Amen. I think that's like the modernized, anglicized version. I'm pretty sure in the traditional Latin, it's amen. Oh, okay. Cool. And this has been Linguistics <laughs> with Claire and Kat. <laughs> Whatever. Jesus doesn't care how you say it as long as you say it. Yeah. So, oh, god damn it. I was like, wow, 
we really got into it in this story. And then I was like, oh, wait, I'm reading The Auction by fucking Loves Bitka, which is a third, the third part of a, it's three stories. The first one is The Right Thing to Do. The second one is All the Wrong Things, which is the exact same story, but told from Draco's point of view. And then The Auction is the alternate universe thing. And oh, God, they're all so good. Anyway, um, so... Pretty sure Loves Bitka 8 doesn't listen to us, but if you do, I love your stories. They're amazing. Thank you. But now we have to get back to the queen. Shia. So, Kat. What happened was... I took notes. You took notes? <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Well, also, I was you're waiting super pixelated, for you. Not, so I like can't see your face. Today, not from before whatever. when I was waiting for you just now. I oh, went perfect. back and I skimmed and I took notes. So now I freaking know what happened so you all can leave me alone. Nobody's bothered you about this in like months. Everybody's just been nice. Okay. So they went back to school after being on Christmas break. And James has the invisibility cloak. Oh, snap. And Hermione got a piece of a mirror. No, a mirror or a piece of a mirror. I can't remember which. She got the actual mirror. Okay, so it was the actual mirror. So she got the actual mirror that apparently I don't remember him playing with a piece of in the movie, but you said that he put it at the bottom of his trunk and it broke. And you went on this whole rant about how he could have talked to Sirius with the mirror, but he broke the freaking mirror. So that was clear. I don't sound like that. I wasn't impersonating, I was just saying, because that's mm-hmm. how rants sound in Hurtful. my head. Deal with it. Hurtful! Don't make me punch you in the face. Love you. Mean it. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, where was I? Okay, so she got that mirror, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, and then they had a hexing fight, which I found pretty funny. And I kind of thought for a second there that Hermione was going to get, like, her cover semi-blown because she was, like, hexing them with, like, triple whatever the crap they were doing. And they were just like, how the hell do you know that you're, like, you're in your first year? Like, what kind of magical unicorn are you? And then I missed this, but you told me about it and I remembered it. It's towards the end. Remus and Hermione had this, like, little blushing, staring thing going on. Even though they're not technically supposed to be the love connection, but what do I know? I mean, they could be. Yeah, maybe they are. I don't know. I tried to guess plots and I fail. And actually, for one of our dear, dear listeners today, something that I learned, which I did not realize, is that apparently there is sand in said time turner. And apparently it is a specific color and I did not know that. So I learned something new today. Nice. And scene. And scene. Well, I'm proud of you. Um, Also, I may have to run at some point here shortly because I may or may not be baking, breaking, baking my dill bread, which by the way, I have yet to make a pretty loaf, but I think it's because I have silicone loaf pans and also because I overproof my bread. Okay. I I overproof my bread. But, like, it doesn't look that big, and then you pop it in the oven, and then it, like, blows up like a balloon, and, yeah. Anyway, I 
just like to think that it makes it lighter and fluffier. This is fine. But, um, 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 yeah. Chapter 25. Make the Oath. June 20th, 1972. Please take care of yourself. Maya frowned as she stood in front of Remus, staring worriedly up into his soft green eyes. And write to me if you need anything. The term ended with nothing more exciting than exams, which <laughs> never happened with Harry. Quidditch finals and the end of your feast. No three-headed dog or devil snare or giant chessboard or flying keys or dead troll or Voldemort. Just a typical year of school. The biggest announcement by the end of term was that the Slytherins had won the House Cup. It was not surprising, considering how many house points were taken away from Gryffindor, thanks in part to the newly minted Marauders and the Pruitt Twins. You worry too much. The past year with you... Remus reached out and tucked a curl behind her ear. She beamed as she remembered that, at the beginning of the year, he had been too terrified to even shake her hand in introduction. It was amazing to see the changes that had occurred within the young werewolf. Maya, honestly, I've never felt better. Still, she said, fussing with the collar of his robes to keep his hands busy, don't think that asking for help makes you weak or cowardly. Remus! He turned at the sound of his name being called out, just in time to be approached by a man and woman that Maya assumed were his parents. Suddenly, his confident disposition faltered in the face of his family. Hi, Mum, he said quietly. I feel like I mumbled that. Blech. Hi, Mum, he said quietly. The woman wore muggle attire, a light brown modest dress that was obviously handmade. Her sandy hair matched Remus's perfectly. While she was still in her early thirties, Mrs. Lupin had clearly suffered greatly through the years as the lines of stress encircled her beautiful eyes that were as green as Remus's. Mrs. Lupin slowly approached her son, reaching out as though she wanted to hug him, but she stopped mid-motion and patted him on the shoulder. Maya watched the interaction carefully, sad to see the distance at which Remus was kept by his own mother. A nervous-looking man stood an extra foot behind Mrs. Lupin, bags under his eyes and his hands in his pocket. A good ten years older than his wife, Mr. Lupin, looked like a man who could have once smiled as brightly as Maya knew Remus was able to, but she, but she doubted that Mr. Lupin still had the ability, or even the will to try. Though Remus took after his mother in appearance, Maya could see the shabby, lonely disposition of an older Professor Lupin in the visage of his father standing before her. It was painful to witness. Remus's parents stood nervously, both obviously in their need to get out of King's Cross as quickly as possible. Maya could not stand the tension, so she smiled up at Remus's mother. Hello. Remus flushed, embarrassed. Oh, uh, sorry, um, this is my friend, Maya Potter. Maya, these are my parents. He gestured to them both, looking like he wanted to take someone's hand. Instead, he ran a nervous hand through his hair. It's such a pleasure to meet you, Mr. and Mrs. Lupin. Maya extended her hand, which was taken immediately. The fact made her want to narrow her eyes at the couple. They had so easily offered their hands an introduction to a strange girl, but neither had properly hugged their son after not seeing him since Christmas. No wonder Remus was so terrified when she met him on the train. Mrs. Lupin smiled kindly to her. My boy wrote home, telling me about his wonderful new friends. 
The words were tense and matched the look on Mr. Lupin's face perfectly. It was clear by their posture that both of his parents wanted to leave, but the fact that Remus was not moving apparently forced them to make, the, to make awkward conversation. Mrs. Lupin's voice lowered to a whisper as she said, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you keeping his illness. Your discretion is... It's nothing, Mrs. Lupin. Remus is my friend, Maya said brightly, reaching out and curling her arm around Remus. I would do anything for him. Both Mr. and Mrs. Lupin gaped at the sight. Mr. Lupin looked like he was on the verge of a panic attack, while Mrs. Lupin looked as though she would burst into tears at any moment. Remus winced, clearly, clearly noticing the shift in his parents. Mom, please, please don't cry. He sighed and attempted to offer up bread. Bread, I'll bear back. Oh God, my house smells like magic. Be right back. I came in and heard the me. I was like, hey, you're singing the Beatles, aren't you? Yeah, I was started with Lizzo, and then I went to that. Whoa. Looks good, huh? Yeah. I'll post a picture for all you little fire whiskers. Also, I stick with what I said to Jesse. Sorry, family recipe can't share. Also, my cousin commented on that. I was like, damn right. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, ha <laughs> Also, did not realize I had family in that group, but cool. <laughs> yeah, right? Molly, don't know if you listen to this, but if you do, hi! <laughs> and also, what is stopping the person on the Etsy store whose cutting board you bought with the recipe on it? What's stopping her from making it? Oh my god, that woman must have so many good recipes. So, explanation. For Christmas this year, I got a cutting board with my grandmother's dill bread recipe in her handwriting etched onto it and I got one there was a deal where you could get four of them for super affordable because they are fairly pricey because cutting boards in and of themselves are expensive but I got four one for me one for my sister one for my parents and one for my aunt because my grandmother has two living children so they each got one my dad and my aunt and then I got one for my sister and I got one for myself because damn it I wanted one too yeah, and I They're bet really she cute. has, like, a ton of family recipes that people send her to make the cutting boards, and she's yeah. probably, like, making all of them. <laughs> I'm like, um, can you make a cookbook? Because, <laughs> also, if you have a blueberry muffin recipe, I'd like it, because all of my blueberry muffins have come out terrible. Also, fans, if you have a tried-and-true blueberry muffin recipe, please send it to me, because the first ones I made tasted like straight-up flour, and the second ones I made were so wet, I finally understood what claggy from the Great British Bake Show means. But we have a story to get back to. Uh, last we heard, ah, um, sorry, my ear's like buzzing. Um, last we heard, 
Maya was meeting the Lupins and was getting pissed off because... Because um, they willingly shook her hand but wouldn't even hug their own child because, you know, prejudice. It's still a thing. Oh, by the way, before we get back to this, is Tennessee out of baking flour? Because apparently down here, everybody's buying the flour. Found out where you need to go for baking flour. Can you take a wild guess where? Can you guess? Dollar General. Hell yeah, Dollar General! (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's too good to shop at the General. Except for Claire. Claire will shop at the General all day long because that's where cheap tampons are. Pro tip. Yeah, but yesterday when I made my pie, I told my mom, I was like, I can just make a whole bunch of crap because nobody's buying flour. And then today, freaking Julio puts on Facebook, what are you people doing with the flour? Like, I want to see pictures of this baking crap you're making. (laughs) I want to know why the hell some woman had to buy six gallons of milk. Six. That shit's gonna go bad. It doesn't have that long of shelf life. She didn't even get the ultra filtered shit that lasts for like a fucking month longer than it should, which freaks me out. But anyway, we said we weren't going to talk about it. We're not talking about it. We're talking about baking and why people are buying all the flour. Buttholes. Speaking of buttholes, I think Clarksville is finally slowing down on the TP cell. Ooh, I said where I lived. Oh, whatever. It's a big town. Anyway. Everybody was buying up all toilet paper. They finally, finally have kind of slowed down because I think everybody has hit max capacity within their houses because coming up soon, I mean, there's going to be people using the same toilet paper they bought this week in like 10 fucking years. Yeah, that's why I went before when I was waiting for you because I cut my thumb yesterday and I re-sliced it open and I went to my bathroom and then I was like, wait, I shouldn't use the toilet paper. To the kitchen! Paper towels! <laughs> Straight up. Straight <sighs> up. Dude, there were people buying fucking coffee filters instead of toilet paper because there was no toilet paper. I, I can't. Anyway. The debt of time. The debt of time. Oh my god, my nose is just... Also, in case anybody was wondering, since Kat didn't ask me this time, today's drink of choice is Simple Truth Organic Seltzer Water Lemon Lime Naturally Flavored. Hashtag Kroger Brand. And this podcast has been brought to you by <laughs> Seltzer Water. Goddamn Kroger fuel points because gas is a dollar eighty six here and I have eighty six or eight hundred and sixty points in gas points, which means I'm gonna get gas for a dollar a gallon. Or maybe say that you one could just time. hook the hose up to your butt and you could fart. A dollar a gallon. Some fucking nineteen ninety five shit right here. Anyway. The dead of time? Yes, the dead of time. <laughs> anyway, so um, Remus was asking his mom not to cry because she looked like she was going to cry because Hermione was hugging him. He sighed and attempted to offer a comforting hand to his mother as he often did with Maya when she cried. He stopped, looking as though he thought better of it, especially when Mr. Lupin gave him a pinched look from behind his wife's shoulder. Honestly, Maya assured Mrs. Lupin with a smile, Remus has probably done more for me this year than I've done for him. I can't tell you how many times he saved me. She chuckled softly and reached up to brush Remus's hair from his face, purposely touching him as much as possible. She felt the need to prove to the Lupins that it was safe, 
that he was safe. Maya could not understand any of it, from what future Remus, as she had named him, in order to separate them in her mind, had told her. His father had once worked for the Department of the Regulation, er, for the Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures, or DRCMC, as many people refer to it as. She knew the circumstances surrounding Remus's initial infection had been due to his father's stance on werewolves, but she had assumed, after his son being one for eight years, he would have seen for himself that Remus was not dangerous outside of the full moon. Mr. Lupin remained distant, staring at her as she continued to lavish friendly affection on his son. Mrs. Lupin, on the other hand, appeared to break through the wall that separated her from her child, and she smiled, approaching Remus and pulling him into her arms for what was clearly the first time in many years. Remus's eyes widened, but he refused to hug the woman back, especially with Mr. Lupin staring at them from behind, shocked at the display. Eventually, it was too much to bear, and Remus conceded, hugging his mother back tightly. Maya smiled sweetly, trying to keep herself from crying at the sight of Mrs. Lupin joyfully weeping on Sirius's shoulder while he patted her on the back. Mr. Lupin cleared his throat. Love, we, um, we should go. Remus broke away from the hug first, looking at his mother with a sad smile before she turned to Maya. Please know that you are welcome to our home any time, you sweet girl. Maybe not any time, Mum, Remus said, looking exceedingly uncomfortable. Oh, well, no, obviously, but she understands. Maya smiled at Remus's mother. I understand. Mrs. Lupin stared at her like she'd just seen magic for the first time in her life. You truly do, don't you? Where on earth did such a kind girl come from? Mum, Remus looked down, embarrassed. Maya! Maya turned and spotted her parents waiting down at the end of the platform, James and Sirius standing next to them. She waved and then turned to say goodbye to the Lupins. It really was lovely to meet you both. Maya reached up to hug Remus tightly, glad he did not hesitate. Ooh, sorry. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Fucking Selter. Don't judge me. I'm not judging you. I'm You're judging me! You put it on yourself. I do. I did. I'm going to drink some more. <laughs> uh, and I thought I was the burper in this relationship. Apparently things have changed. Oh, I was going to try and burp what, but it came out really quiet. <laughs> We're children. Oh, also, um, we had somebody complain that we've stopped making as many dick jokes. I saw that. I uh, was like, so what? <laughs> I honestly, I was listening to the podcast the other day and I'm like, God damn it. We missed like six of them held tightly, jerking in her hand. Come on. Anyway. Well, sorry. maybe it's because I'm not sexually frustrated anymore. So it just Ain't doesn't occur. Oh. <laughs> Giggity. That was way too much information for you all. I was about to say. (laughs) You don't know me. You don't know my life. The only thing you're going to see is when my profile picture changes eventually. Then you'll understand. But anyways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Snort, snort. Guys, she literally almost like fell over. And I'm sitting on the floor. How can I fall? I don't know. You almost fell deeper into the closet. Oh, God. <laughs> it's okay. You just come out when you're ready. 
Okay, I'm better now. Okay. Maya reached up to hug Remus tightly, glad he didn't hesitate to hold her close to him with a level of comfort that was noticeably absent when he hugged his own mother. He buried his nose in his curls, and she could hear him breathing in her scent. Maya hoped that it would help get him and his wolf through the long summer his parents had planned. He told her recently that the small village they had lived in for the past few years had been compromised. Rumors of a werewolf roaming the village had reached the ears of the Lupins, and, before anyone could become suspicious of Remus, they planned on relocating. Maya would not see Remus again until the 1st of September, thinking uh, of that... Sorry, you tapped on your chin. Did you need to say something? No, I had an itch. No. Thinking of that caused her to frown as she pulled away from him. Have a good summer, Remus. I'll miss you. Have a good summer, Maya. Remus kissed her cheek before turning and walking away with his parents. How is this the universal sign for I have to say something? This is not baby sign language. Milk. <laughs> Dude, straight up. Um, Maggie used to do that. Yeah, I It know. was flat hand to mouth if she wanted food, fist to mouth if she wanted a drink, and then she'd rub her chest if she wanted something. Or if she wanted to say please, and then she'd point to what she wanted. <sighs> what a smart child. Also, well, she's now yeah. eight and capable of talking. She was, but. like, what, six, and her favorite food was boiled octopus? Like, come on, man. Um, actually, I think at six, it was poached uh, salmon with a champagne dill sauce. Currently, it's... Uh, I think the last time I asked her, I was like, what's your favorite food? And she goes, sushi. I was like, what kind of sushi? And she goes, whatever sushi I can get my hands on. Wow. Dude, she's an expensive sushi date. So we've discovered... You give her the fried rice first, let her get full on that, and then you introduce the sushi. Yeah, otherwise, like, kind of like me. Like $60. Yeah, otherwise you're paying for $60 for a fucking eight-year-old to eat. Child's a monster. She devours seafood in a way that would make sharks go, <laughs> yikes. But. Wow. That's impressive. Dude. I haven't seen her in a long time, but wow, that's impressive. She can clear a table. Also, she loves avocado toast. I love this child so much. Oh, I actually just discovered the only recipe that I can eat for avocado toast, and it's delicious. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You're not a huge avocado fan, are you? I can eat it when I can't taste it. Like, I will put it in burritos and, like, crap like that or in salads and put the dressing over it, but I can't eat a straight avocado. Oh my god, all I do is put a little bit of lemon pepper seasoning on that shit and mm-mm. Yeah, see what I do is I smash it in the bowl and then I spread it on the toast and then you take some lemon juice, put some lemon mm-hmm. juice on it, some salt and some honey. Oh Jesus. Salt? Lemon, salt, and honey. I swear to God, I Kylie Jenner's Instagram like last year, she was like, Oh, you'll God like, damn you'll, it, you fucking ruined it. Yeah, she's like, I, you'll thank me later. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. It's freaking delicious. My mom is obsessed with it. Every time the avocados are in sale, she's like, can you make me the Kylie toast? And I'm like. Oh, my God. I love your mother so fucking much. That's up there with the, uh, I like Shamir more. Mom, his name's Shamar more. He's. A person, not something you put on a bagel. I'd put him on my bagel. <laughs> I'd put him on my bagel, too. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I liked was uh, wash your hands like you're washing Jason Momoa. And somebody goes, I didn't know you are supposed to wash your hands with your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I understand. 
<sighs> so the dead of time. <laughs> okay. Hannah Beth is going to murder us, but that's fine. Blooper reel. Blooper reel. Just like that's that's what we're pumping out content for. We're pumping out content for our weekly episodes, but also we need to contribute to the blooper reel because we need to release another one of those because they were hilarious. Also, I really liked the music I found for them. If you haven't listened to the blooper reel and you're one of our Patreons, we highly recommend you go take a listen. Anyway, so the last time we saw was June 20th, which was the last day of term, correct? What is the first day of term? September 22nd. <laughs> God damn it, woman. No, it's September 1st. <sighs> fired. Oh, Jesus. Shame on you. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your family. Dishonor on your cow. I don't have a cow. You used to have a cat, though. Yeah. What was her name? Baby? Yeah. Oh, I miss Baby. Baby got out. Baby lived for like a really long time. Yeah, she died right when my mom got sick, so perfect timing there, but... Yeah, how old was she? Like, she was late teens, wasn't she? Probably. I think my mom (laughs) said in people years she was, like, in her 20s. Holy shit, it's an old fucking cat. Yeah, you should hear some of Brianna's stories about the sick cats that lived longer than they should have. It's crazy. Yeah, no, cats are... Not quite at cockroach level because they're not gross, but like it, it takes a while for them to die. Whole nine lives things. Anyway, dead of time. <laughs> so, term starts on September 1st. And this is September 22nd. I feel like that means something to me. Well, it's. But her birthday, her actual birthday is September 20th. So this is like two days after her real birthday. <gasps> Wasn't that when they were supposed to talk when she was older? Yes, but that's not important in this timeline because this Sirius doesn't know about that. Damn it. Also, she's like 12. <sighs> I thought I had something there for a second. Oh, you got so excited. I know. September 22nd, 1972. Remus, Maya frowned down at her friend. The full moon is tomorrow. You really should be back in bed resting. Can't rest. Quidditch, Remus said half-heartedly, vaguely motioning his hand in the direction of the Quidditch pitch. Though they had been back in school for a few weeks, the summer had done a number on Remus. Somehow, being separated from Maya and the rest of his friends, coupled with needing to move and be around his nervous parents mostly his father, Remus had reverted a bit back to the nervous and stressed-out boy that Maya had met the year before. His face was once again pale, and he had lost the weight that Maya had taken such effort the prior year to put on his skinny frame. The only difference was that now he stood a good two inches taller than her. "'James and Sirius will understand,' Maya argued. Remus rolled his eyes as he rested his head against the cold bench in the Gryffindor stands, letting the frosty metal cool the skin of his face." He said the approaching moon sometimes made his skin feel like it, he had, like it had the worst sunburn, hot and itchy. Yeah, we know something about that, don't we? Yeah, you want to know it was ironic? So the other day in my memories, it came up when I went to Snipes for the first time, which was only last year. And for those of you who don't know, that's really, really sad because where Claire and I grew up, people went to Snipes pretty much every weekend once they got their boat license. And I only went when I turned 28. So that's really sad. Snipes? Yes. Snipes is a sandbar. 
Yeah. Anyways, so that came up in my memories. And when I went there, I got a really bad sunburn and I was wearing this black bikini top, right? So the other day, Brianna and I went to the pool, not Dante's, a different pool because we're social distancing ourselves from nasty spring breakers in that pool so we went to a less crowded pool i wore the same top and got sunburned on my back i am never wearing this bikini top ever again (laughs) oh my god you know the best part about being an adult i don't remember the last time i had a sunburn i think it was probably like four years ago yeah, it was so bad, the one that I got at Snipes, because I saw Audrey later that night because it was, like, her boyfriend's birthday, I think, and we went to her house afterwards to, like, play Cards Against Humanity, and I had to have her put aloe on my back and wear one of Ricky's shirts because I was in pain. And Audrey touches my back, and she's like, hey, you want to fry an egg? And I'm like, that is so so accurate. And I was like, I hadn't been friends with her for that long, so I was like, we have reached a level of our friendship right here. Uh, we're sunscreen kids. Ugh. So Maya had informed Remus that James and Sirius would understand. No, they won't. They'll think I'm a bad friend for not watching them try out. They've already taken the mickey out of me for not trying out myself. What does that mean? Take the mickey out of you? Yeah, like Take the piss out of you. Like Give you a hard time. Oh, okay. That's a weird saying. It's British. Oh, Maya? yeah. That, that. Sorry. <laughs> Did you forget they were in Britain? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Catherine. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a lot on my mind and you I, forgot the fucking hogwarts was in great britain yeah because yesterday my brain kind of turned into some mush and it's starting to come back now <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> fired, y'all. well i only recently learned like why because they spell rumor with the ou we are an or so the other day i learned why that is it sounds really interesting, but we've really procrastinated enough in this episode, so back to dead of time. Uh. <laughs> oh, God, it got, like, wet at the end. Oh, that hurt. That's what he said. Oh. That's why you need to watch The Fucking Office. That's where that's what she said got big. Anyway. Um... Anyway, they're taking the mickey out of Remus. Maya felt a breath of protective anger fill her lungs. They're being mean to you? She had spent the summer worried for all the boys. Remus was practically missing, considering that he and his family were always on the move. He answered her letters when he could, but between relocating and dealing with the summer moons, he was ill more often than not. James had crashed his broom during a particularly bad windstorm at the beginning of summer, breaking his left leg and hitting his head. Unable to heal it at home due to the specific way the bone broke, the Potters had to go to St. Mungo's where James spent the night prematurely aging his worried sister. Sirius had been another issue. Though he spent the first two weeks with the Potters, he had returned to Grimmauld Place and then remained there, without a single owl sent to his friend the rest of the summer. When Maya and James finally reconnected with him on Platform 9 and 3 quarters, the only thing Sirius would say was, I don't want to talk about it. Her boys were making it increasingly difficult for her to take care of them. 
I don't need you to protect me, Maya, Remus said irritably. She glared at him, shocked by his tone. Don't get snappy with me, Remus Lupin. I know that's the wolf coming out. Sighing in frustration, Remus threw an arm over his face. I'm sorry, I just... I miss enough of my life one day out of the month, never mind the lead up to the moon and then recovering. I don't want to have to constantly hide away in my room. You shouldn't have to. Maya brushed her fingers through his hair, and he opened his eyes, squinting against the sunlight as he looked up at her. I just don't like seeing you in pain. Worry more about your brother being in pain, Remus sat up, gesturing to James doing loops on his broom at the center of the field. Four galleons says he loses his glasses and crashes into something. <laughs> I feel like I mispronounced that. Crashes into something. God, I'm like slurring and I'm just, I'm going crazy, guys. Okay, I've been home for like four days now and I can't, I can't stand it. I can't, can't stand Okay, I'm fine. My psychotic Last time I freaked out. <laughs> I wanted to listen to that song earlier. Her butt's not on Spotify anymore. That makes me mad. Rude. Very rude. Who's? Who's? Miley Cyrus. She got, remember? Really? Last time that I freaked out, whatever, something, something, Miley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. I like her music. She's a little crazy, but... Anyway, Four Galleons says he loses his glasses and crashes into something. Maya smiled, allowing Remus to divert the conversation. She looked to where Sirius sat on his broom near the end of the field, vertically balancing the beater's bat on his head, just as James had done with his wand. Another four says Sirius hits himself with that beater's bat. Two Galleons says Peter falls off his broom. Only two? Maya scoffed as she looked at the short boy, struggling on his broom that barely hovered more than ten feet from the ground. That's easy money for you, Mr. Lupin. You should have bet me twenty. Remus laughed, and then a cold breeze passed through the stands, causing his body to shiver in tense and obvious pain. That's it. Lie down, Maya ordered, patting her lap. Lie down? He eyed her beneath furrowed brows. I'm not serious. I don't need you to pet me. She ignored him, his brusque tone, and his attitude. If you refuse to go inside, then I insist you lie down out here. There's plenty of room on the bench. I'll rub your shoulders, too, if you like. Remus raised a brow, contemplating her ultimatum for a moment before he sighed and leant backwards, dropping his head onto her lap as though it were a pillow. Placing his arms on his chest, he laced his fingers together. I'm not doing this because you're right. Of course not, love. Maya smiled and dug her feelings gently into Remus's shoulders. You didn't win this argument, he insisted. Wouldn't think of it. I'm doing this because no bloke in his right mind would ever turn down a sh shoulder rub from a pretty girl. She rolled her eyes. Oh, please. Please what? He asked, cracking open one eye and looking up at her. I'm already going to rub your shoulders. You don't have to... to... to what? I don't know. Act like serious? She shrugged, frowning. By the time the war ended, she had been more concerned with th other things than how she looked, but being back in her awkward younger body, even with her teeth prematurely fixed, brought up old self-esteem issues that she was forced to relive. She was well aware that her hair had always been a bit out of control, though Tilly had helped teach her spells to calm it into soft curls versus the bushy mess it often resembled. 
She had never developed the same curves that Lavender had, and her eyes were not as mesmerizing as Lily's were. "'You don't have to lie to me,' she said quietly. "'What did I lie about?' he asked, offended. "'For one, calling me pretty.' "'Maya, don't—' "'Remus,' she cut him off quickly, "'please just lie down and let me help you.' "'But I—' her eyes pleaded with him. "'Remus?' "'Well, look at this sight,' James said, "'as he, Sirius, and Peter walked into the stands, "'their clothes covered in sweat and dirt, "'brooms slung over their shoulders. "'Remus doesn't do a thing and he gets special treatment?' "'Yeah, I took a bludger to the back. "'Where's my massage?' Sirius asked, grinning when Remus growled in response. You two go rub each other. <laughs> Maya <laughs> There we go. <sighs> Maya suggested to James and Sirius with a laugh. James chuckled. <laughs> Sirius isn't really my type. James wishes he was my type, Sirius said. So, Maya looked up at the boys, did you make the team or what? Sirius and I made the reserve player list. James seemed happy, uh, seemed to be happier about being able. Uh, blah, 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 blah. James seemed to be happier about being allowed to have his broom at school than to actually have an official position on the team. No longer in the running to be the youngest chaser in centuries, he'd calmed down in reference to his future Quidditch career. Better than nothing, Sirius smirked and then looked right behind him. Right, Petey. Peter pouted, struggling to hold on to his gear. "'It's not my fault I fell off my broom,' he said, rubbing his backside. James and Sirius shared another laugh while Maya grinned, passing two galleons into Remus's open hand. September 23, 1972 "'Hey, where's Remus?' James asked as he entered the common room, catching Sirius and Peter in a game of exploding snap. Sirius laughed as a card blew up in Peter's face. Hospital wing, Sirius answered without looking up for the, uh, from the game. Headache again. Again? He's always either going home to visit his sick aunt or in the infirmary, James frowned. You'd think Madame Pomfrey would give him something better than a simple pain potion. Sirius shrugged, more concerned with beating Peter for the tenth time in a row than whatever was happening with Remus. Sirius had his own secrets about his family and did not care to readily share them with his friends. <sighs> He gave Remus the same respect. My point, Peter said with a grin, as he tapped one of the cards that Sirius put down. Sirius huffed and threw James a dirty look for distracting him from the game. Irritable over the loss of one point, he purposefully threw down a manticore card, knowing it was already set to go explode. My point- Ouch! Snickering, Sirius shuffled the cards left in his hand. My point. Maya said it's something called chronic migraines, James went on, gesturing to Peter's hand and silently giving him tips on the game. Says muggles get them a lot. Makes them sensitive to light or something. Probably why he stays in the infirmary when he gets them. We can get muggle diseases? Peter exclaimed loudly and dropped all of his cards, a look of horror and disgust on his face. Two of the cards exploded in a puff. Of course we can, Pete, James rolled his eyes, waving away the smoke. You've had the flu before, yeah? Yeah, that's a muggle illness? Some of theirs we can't catch, some of ours they can't get. Muggles can't catch dragon pox, 
Sirius explained, as he gathered up what cards were left unsinged, a bit put off by the tone in Peter's voice. Lucky them! Sirius laughed at his friend. Yeah, their pox are called chicken. What do they do with chickens to get sick from them? Peter asked, looking disgusted. What did we do with dragons? Sirius countered with a wry grin. Can you two shut up for a second? James groaned, looking stressed out. What's our potion lesson this week? Sleeping drought. Peter, er, I always say drought, it's draft. <laughs> Sleeping draft, Peter said. Remember, Frank messed his up on the first time and had to be sent to the hospital wing for a wide-eyed potion. Does the sleeping draft contain aconite? James asked quickly. Aconite? You mean monkshood? Sirius looked up at his best friend with raised brows. He knew James was not the best at potion, but he was no Frank. Poor bloke had to sleep in the common room for a week because his roommate said that whatever potion he spilt on himself clung to his skin and made their whole room stink. James had offered to let Frank sleep on the floor in their room, but he said the sofa in the common room was fine. No way, mate. Sirius shook his head, worried that James would accidentally poison himself. That stuff's toxic. We're not allowed to use it yet. Why do you ask? Because I found Maya making a list in the library, James whispered, taking a seat beside him. I was under the cloak and meant to play a prank and move her things any time she looked away, but then I saw the list she was writing. It had aconite on it. You think she's making a potion? Peter asked, intrigued. Of course not, James snapped. Maybe she's just skipping ahead. You know she likes to read, Sirius suggested, patting Peter on the shoulder to calm his nerves. They weren't exactly friends, but he didn't think that Maya would poison Peter just because she didn't like him much. I don't know. Some of the books she was reading, they, um, looked like they were from the restricted section. Big potion books, James said, and gestured to their size with his hands. Nah, nah, yeah, they're this big. Well, damn! That was like three fucking feet. I hope not. Well, in Gorgio, man. <laughs> we really need to do a live show so you guys can see us. Maybe that'll be one of the perks we do this weekend. Yeah, but then I have to look presentable to the world and not like I don't have a home. Which yeah. actually, technically, I don't have a home because I no, live with my parents. Oh my parents. god, we had this conversation before. You live with your parents. You have a roof. You have a bed. You are not homeless. But it's not You're mine. only homeless if you don't have a bed. But it's not mine. They give it to you. You live there. You're yeah. registered at that address. Because I'm the chef. Because without me, they don't know how to eat, apparently. Oh, they survived when I left, so. Yeah, that's because your dad can make really good meat. What can mine do? (laughs) Nothing. Well, I was talking about your family because I used to cook for them, too. Yeah, because you would come over once a week and watch TV with me. Yeah. She would let me watch Dancing with the Stars, and in return, I would make her family dinner. (laughs) Speaking of which, we need to get the fuck through this fucking chapter because I need to go eat dull bread before I explode. Okay. Um, Jesus. I feel like we've been recording for forever. Oh my god, we're almost at an hour and we're only halfway through this fucking chapter. Okay, so ask her. Period. <laughs>
James Brown is oh. serious. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry. So ask her. James Brown is serious. I can't get up the dormitory stairs. And why would you want to, Potter? They all looked up to see Lily Evans descending the stairs, her usual expression of contempt reserved only for James, turning momentarily to indifference. James, predictably, blushed. Evans, I, I, I... Evans, is Maya up there? Sirius asked, patting James on the back. We need to talk to her. No, Lily shook her head. She went down to see Madame Pomfrey a few hours ago. A few hours ago? James snapped back to reality. What's wrong with her? Same as usual, I suppose. She gets really bad headaches during, well, girl stuff. What girl stuff? James asked, confused. Or, oh, I said James. I meant to say Peter. Peter asked, confused. I did say James, right? Yes. Okay. Peter is asking what girl stuff is. Serious sighed, embarrassed for his friend. Shut up, Pete. You wouldn't understand. She do that often, Evans? Lily narrowed her eyes at him. About once a month, like the rest of us. Not that. Honestly, how am I the most mature person in the room right now? He asked, genuinely confused. James and Peter both shared a look of bewilderment, clearly trying to figure out what Lily had meant in the first place. I meant, how often does she go to the hospital wing? Oh, Lily looked suddenly guilty. About every time. She's been going there since last year. Said she gets really bad headaches when it happens. James frowned. How bad? She usually spends the night there. Why? You guys didn't know she had migraines? Migraines? Sirius asked. The muggle headache? Yeah, Lily confirmed. She has to take a sleeping draft and a pain potion to get through the night when it happens. Thanks, Evans. James dipped his head to her, giving her a knowing look or giving a knowing look to Sirius while Peter sat there restacking his set of cards, already done with the conversation. I think I'll go check on her later, see if she's okay. Lily frowned as she made her way to the portrait door. You're welcome. Tell her I hope she feels better. September twenty fourth, nineteen seventy two. Sirius, Sirius, wake up, you prat! What the fuck? Potter, Sirius groaned into his pillow, his long black hair tangled around his head the same way his bedsheet was tangled around his leg. He kicked that leg out, hoping to connect with James in retaliation for sticking his bony finger into Sirius's ribs. Go back to sleep. Wake up, arsehole! James smacked the back of his head. Where's my cloak? You had it last when you snuck into the kitchens two days ago. It's in Pete's trunk. Mine's full. Where are you going with the cloak anyway? What time is it? He blinked away his sleep and looked at the window. Shit, is it even dawn yet? I'm going to the hospital wing, James said. There was a loud creak that Sirius knew was the sound of Peter's hand-me-down trunk opening. Peter gasped awake at the noise. You think something's up? Sirius asked, sitting up. My sister's reading restricted potion books, making lists with poisonous ingredients, and she and Remus just happen to both get sick every month with the same muggle illness. James scoffed. You don't find that at all suspicious? Maybe they're snogging, Sirius suggested, equal parts amused and annoyed at his own suggestion, as it put an odd image in his head that he was not sure, uh, he was not at all sure he liked very much. What the hell? James snapped, his eyes wide. 
What? It makes sense. They're always together. You need to stop talking. It's bad enough that you're both constantly snuggling up with her. Are you two coming or not? James asked with a shout, kicking Pete's bed. It's not even six in the morning, uh, Peter whined. Exactly, James pointed out. I want to catch them doing whatever it is they're doing before they have a chance to come back to the tower. If they're really sick in the infirmary, then they'll both just be asleep. Um, fine. But if I'm waking up this early, you owe me breakfast. And I don't mean wait until the table is full. I mean, you go down to the bloody kitchens and then bring it to me, in bed, on a silver tray. James continued to grumble at requests and addendums to said requests as they slipped the cloak over themselves and left Gryffindor Tower. Sirius continued to grumble. You said oh. James again. God damn it. I got James on my mind. Well, that is he you're married to, even though... I was just about to say that. <laughs> Jimmy, but whatever. Mm. I call him James when I'm mad. Or when he <laughs> does something. He... He was chasing me around the house yesterday with a squirt bottle full of water and I was running from him and I was like, all right, Max, let's go outside because I was trying to get away from the squirt bottle and I thought he was going to chase me outside. And so I ran down to the basement and I run out the back door of the basement and this motherfucker, during the time it took me to go downstairs and exit the basement, filled up a pint glass full of water, opened the window and dumped it on me right as I ran out. So yeah, then I yelled James. So yes, I do use the term James fairly frequently. Marriage is fun, kids. Would have been significantly more fun if it was not 40 degrees outside, but anywho. All right. What happened, question mark? What happened? Maya gasped as Madame Pomfrey set a bloodied Remus down on the bed. He had never looked this bad before, not even after the first moon when she'd seen him through. Uh, she'd seen him through in this time. He was pale and sallow, looking worse than usual. In addition to the long wound that opened across his back, he had four long, deep slashes that covered his chest. It looks like he clawed himself up pretty badly this time. Madame Pomfrey sighed as she helped Maya close the wound quickly. Oh, Remus, Maya frowned, blinking away tears. Where's the calming draft? Right here, dearie. Madame Pomfrey placed the phial in her hands. And the pain potions are in the drawer as usual. He'll need a blood replenishing potion at one, um, he'll need a blood replenishing one as well when he awakes, she insisted before stepping out of the room. Come on, love, Maya whispered to Remus as his eyes began to open. Drink this for me. She held the phial to his lips and let the liquid slip down his throat. He coughed and reached out, gripping her arm to steady himself. Maya, I'm here, she promised him, kissing his forehead. I'm going to fix you all up. Remus turned his head away, but she still saw that his eyes were wet as he tried to hide his face from her. It's getting worse. It's because you're growing up, hitting a growth spurt. You're a good two or three inches taller this year than last, not to mention other changes, I assume. Remus closed his eyes and clenched his fists. I hate my life. Don't say that, Maya frowned, handing him the pain potion and letting him drink it on his own, which he did, begrudgingly. She cupped his jaw. Here, let me look at your face. These don't look too bad. I can use Dittany, and they won't even scar. 
I'm so tired, Maya. I don't want it to hurt anymore. My skin breaks open. My bones shatter. I lose my... myself. He refused to make eye contact with her, turning his head away from her gaze once again. It had only been a year ago that he had opened up and let her see the vulnerable parts of him, but things were different now. As uncomfortable as the words were, she knew she was right. They were growing up. She did not see Remus as just her best friend anymore. There was something... something else lingering just beneath the surface. Something that she couldn't quite place. Remus must have sensed it too because he was pulling away from her, and had been for some time. She wondered if it was just a boy thing, as she recalled Harry and Ron behaving differently at this age as well, or if Remus's wolf had something to do with it. You're still in there. I promise you, Maya whispered. You're not alone in this. I am alone. I'm always alone, Remus shouted and threw the empty file across the room. I go out to the shack alone. I transfer alone. I tear myself apart because of it. I wake up alone in the shack and start the long walk back to school alone before I usually collapse outside of the Whomping Willow. Alone. I wish I could be there with you, Maya admitted, trying to not take his anger personally. Remus growled. Don't be stupid, Maya. I'd kill you. I'll figure something out. I promise. I'll make this better for you, love. I'm I'm going to try and find a potion to help. I don't know how to make it yet. It'll take some research, but I will. Nothing's ever going to get better, Maya, Remus sighed. Never let me sleep. Uh, j- sorry. Just let me sleep. Leave me alone. Please. He closed his eyes and covered his face with his hands. She took a moment to wipe at her eyes before asking, Do you want a sleeping draft? Yeah, thanks. Remus reached out as she put the file in his hands, but he refused to meet her gaze before tipping the draft down his throat, letting him letting sleep take him quickly. Madame Pomfrey approached with a frown a few minutes later. He's out? Yes. Poor thing. It breaks my heart every month. I think a sweet boy like that has to endure so much pain just because some sadistic creature decided to turn a four-year-old boy into a werewolf. He's never known anything but pain. I don't think so. You and those boys of yours show him love and friendship. Madame Pomfrey smiled. And, as much as it pains me to say, even a bit of fun and mischief. He deserves better than this. On that, Miss Potter, I will agree with you. Are you staying longer? Maya looked up pleadingly. If that's all right. Of course, dearie. I have to run some errands. If he wakes, you know where the extra potions are, she said, gesturing to the cupboard in the corner before walking out the door to the infirmary. Just as the doors closed, there was a sound of scuffling in the corner of the room. Maya jumped from her chair and wand aimed forward. Who's there? She narrowed her eyes but saw nothing. When no one responded, Maya took a deep breath and whispered, Expelliarmus! Suddenly, there was a shimmer of silver as three wands shot towards her, pulling the invisibility cloak with them. The wands filled her hands and the cloak falling to the floor at her feet, and she looked up to see a hunched-over James clumped with Sirius and Peter, all looking shocked and terrified. Jamie! How long have you been standing there? James ignored him. Uh, her as he stepped forward, snatching his cloak from the floor before moving to the bedside and staring down at his sleeping friend. Is Remus all right? Bloody hell. Look at him. Sirius's wide eyes moved over Remus's body. 
Maya cursed under her breath for not changing the bloodstained sheets that clung around Remus's waist, revealing his bare chest that was covered in fresh wounds from the night before. Peter gaped at the sight. It looks like you got chewed by something. Jamie. Maya turned to on her brother, panic in her voice. How long have you been there? I don't know. James shook his head and then glared at her. How long has my best friend been a werewolf? Maya, is he okay? Sirius inquired, still staring down at his friend, looking sick at the sight. He's fine now, Maya whispered, ignoring James's outburst and favoring Sirius's concern. He needs rest. Is he? Merlin, they let him into Hogwarts? Peter grimaced, and before he had a chance to blink away the look of disgust on his face, Maya had him at wand point, a look of absolute loathing in her eyes. Maya! James shouted. Why shouldn't they let him into Hogwarts, Peter? Should they have cast him out? Maybe even locked him up? Like an animal? She growled, standing at the foot of Remus's bed, effectively separating Peter from the rest of them. And what would be next, Peter? Round up all the muggle-borns. Whoa! Sirius stepped forward defensively in front of Peter, something that made her blood run cold. Maya, Pete didn't mean anything by it, right? Right, Peter mumbled nervously. See? Remus slowly approached her with calm, gray eyes, reaching up and helping her lower her wand. It's all right, love. We're just shocked. Remus is our friend, too. How long have you known about him? Maya frowned, letting her anger dissipate and be lulled away by Sirius's gaze. Since first year. I read about it, saw the signs, went to Dumbledore and asked permission to help him recover each month. He can't be around humans when he changes because his wolf takes over, but I'm there before and after to help with the pain and to heal his wounds. What happened to him? James asked, concerns. He's basically locked up when he transforms, she explained as she moved, walking over and pulling out clean sheets from the cupboard by the bed. She pulled the top sheet off of Remus, keeping the one below to preserve his dignity. After tossing aside the bloodstained sheet, she draped the soft cloth over his sleeping frame. Since he's alone, he lashes out and attacks himself in frustration. He told me he got those scars from camping trips with his dad, Sirius remarked. Said he fell off a mountain last summer. She churned and eyed, eyed the boys. You can't tell anyone. Of course not, James agreed. No, I mean it, Maya grew serious. She trusted James and Sirius, of course, but Peter was still there, and it was taking every last inch of humanity inside of her not to curse him. I want, I need you all to take a wizard's oath. Whoa, Sirius's eyes went wide. Maya, you can't just take our words on this? No. I'm sorry, not with his reaction. Maya's eyes turned to Peter, and she narrowed them into slits. Remus trusts me to take care of him and to keep his secret. I know you all love Remus, but I can't risk anything happening to him. If people found out that he was here, they'd take him away. Done. Without needing her to say another word, James held up his wand. I, James Charles Potter, swear upon my wand and magic as a wizard never to reveal to anyone that Remus Lupin is a werewolf without his permission. The wand glowed red for a moment, before returning to normal, sealing the oath. Sirius stepped forward without hesitation. I, Sirius Orion Black, swear upon my wand and magic as a wizard 
never to reveal to anyone that Remus Lupin is a werewolf without his permission. Peter, Maya eyed him carefully as his gaze turned to the floor, hesitating. What the hell, Pete? James snapped. Do it! I, I... Maya stepped forward in a predatory manner that Remus and his wolf might have appreciated. Make the oath, or I'll figure out a way to obliviate you. She could see James and Sirius stare at her from the other side. We're only second years. I wouldn't trust me to remove just this one memory. I love it when she's scary. Sirius exhaled with a grin, and James made a face. I, I, I Peter Evan Pettigrew, Peter said quietly, gripping his wand with his white knuckles, swear upon my wand and magic as a wizard to never reveal to anyone that Remus Lupin is a wizard or is a werewolf without his permission. Yeah, okay. He can't. He just made an oath. His wand glows red. If he tells, if he tries to tell it, it'll stop him. Yeah, but he's also the one that ratted out Harry's parents to Voldemort, and that's how he became Ron's rat. So he's a rat. He is a rat, but he didn't take a wizard's oath never to betray them. God. <sighs> this kid. Yes, we hate Peter Pettigrew. He's an ass. Once the oaths were complete, the room fell silent, and Maya closed her eyes, listening closely to Remus softly snoring behind the four of them. James nervously adjusted his glasses and finally broke through the quiet. What do you need aconite for? Maya slowly tilted her head towards her brother, scowling. You snooped through my things? James looked down, guiltily. Accidentally... Aconite is also called wolfsbane. I can't cure him, but I think if I try hard enough, I can come up with something to help him. What can we do? Sirius demanded. Maya shook her head. Nothing. Just keep the secret. She glared at Peter and, repeat, and repeated, Keep the secret. Educate yourselves about his condition. Be his friend and don't treat him any different. He hates pity. James frowned. That's it? He's been alone through this since he was four. A werewolf named Fenrir Greyback attacked him. Remus's dad was working at the ministry, and Greyback had been arrested on suspicions of killing muggle children. Remus's dad knew that Greyback was a werewolf, but because of the ministry doesn't know how to properly keep a registry, his name wasn't on it, and he was set free. Mr. Lupin said some awful things about werewolves in general. Greyback infected Remus's revenge. Sirius shook his head, and I thought I had a fucked up childhood. His parents did the best they could after. She was still a bit uneasy with Mr. Lupin's continual prejudice against werewolves and fear of his own son. They didn't think he'd be able to come to Hogwarts, so they taught him as much as they could at home. Always knew he was ridiculously smart for a reason, James said. Sirius asked, so how did he get in? Dumbledore. Hagrid's right, James grinned. Great man, that Dumbledore. Maya smiled at her brother. We should leave. Let him get some rest. The four of them made their way to the door of the infirmary, but not before Maya readjusted Remus's sheets and blankets, setting another pain potion on his side table in case he woke up. She smiled down at him, sad that she had somehow failed to keep the other boys from knowing his secret, but resigning herself to the fact that she knew from her original timeline that they had eventually discovered it. Hey, Maya? Sirius asked as they left the hospital wing. You say he can't be around humans, right? 
Right. There was a long pause while Sirius contemplated something. Then he visibly brightened. What about other animals? Maya grinned. What is he referring to? Um, also, boom shakalaka that's the end of the chapter. But when Sirius says he can't be around humans, but he can be around animals, what brilliant, brilliant idea is he having? Um, I don't know. What does Sirius turn into? Arf. Oh, because he's a dog. Yes. That is not something you were born with. That is something you have to teach yourself. And what is Peter? A rat. And James? What are you doing? His name's fucking Prongs, woman. What's Harry's Patronus? A stag. Yes. What was his dad's Patronus? A stag. So what do you think his dad turns into? A stag. Wrong! A moose! No, I'm kidding. It's a stag. <laughs> but yes. This is where they get the idea to become anime guy. Okay. I did not know that. Now here's the thing. You know Hermione. And you're starting to know Maya. What do you think she's going to do when they become anime guy? Okay, first off, they're the same person that she just changed her name for the time being. Yes, so, yes. Um, what do you think Hermione Granger is going to do when three of, two of her friends and one of her not friends decide to become Animaguses, Animagi, Animagi, Magi, whatever. <laughs> Non-Magi. Okay. Um, no Madge. Yeah, no Madge, whatever. I've only seen that movie once. Um... Shame. I don't know. Is she going to become a cat or something? Well, there's actually a very big hint that I revealed to you. And you never picked up on it, but that's fine. But I'm going to let you stew on that. In the meantime, we are going to thank... We are going to thank... Our Patreons. Hell yeah, we are. All right. Well, first things first, we're going to thank our Fox level producer credits. Um, we are going to thank Rachel, Jackie, Krista, Kelly, Rebecca, Carissa, Ashley Murray, Ryder, Olivia, Aguila, Ashley Thurman, Brittany, Claire, Jillian, Elise, Martina, Therese, Amanda, Sarah, Samantha, Miranda, Sophie, and Ashley Enstrom. Thanks, guys. Do we have two Mirandas? No, we have a Martina and a Miranda. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. I know that also you reminds you. you of Bumbo number five, but it also reminds me of, what was that, the continent song that you say where it's like, Africa, Asia, <gasps> China. <laughs> okay. One, it's not a continent song because there's only seven of those and that'd be a really short song. It was, <clears throat> I won't do everything because at one point I will fumble, but, <clears throat> United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Guinea, El Salvador, too, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras, Guyana, and still 
Guatemala, Bolivia, then Argentina, and Ecuador, Chile, Brazil, Costa Rica, Belize, Nicaragua, Bermuda, Bahamas, Tobago, San Juan, Paraguay, Uruguay, Suriname, and French Guiana, Barbados, and Guam. Yeah, Norway, Sweden, okay. Dublin, and Finland, and Germany, now in one piece, Switzerland, Austria, Czechoslovakia, Italy, Turkey, and Greece, Poland, Romania, Scotland, Albania, Ireland, Russia, Oman, Bulgaria, Saudi Arabia, Hungary, Cyprus, Iraq, and Iran, there, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Jordan, both Yemen, Kuwait, and Bahrain, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Belgium, and Portugal, France, England, Denmark, and Spain. Yeah, that's what that reminds me of. When you India, Pakistan, Burma, Afghanistan, Thailand, Nepal, Bhutan, Okay, Kuchia, you Malaysia, said you were going to do the whole China, thing. Korea, Japan, Mongolia, Alaska, Tibet, Indonesia, the Philippines, Taiwan, Sri Lanka, New Guinea, Sumatra, New Zealand, and Borneo, and Vietnam, Tunisia, Morocco, Uganda, Angola, Zimbabwe, Djibouti, Botswana, Mozambique, Zambia, Swaziland, Gambia, Guinea, Algeria, Ghana. Burundi, Lesotho, and Malawi, Togo, the Spanish Sahara is gone. Niger, Nigeria, Chad, and Liberia, Egypt, and Gabon, Tanzania, Somalia, Kenya, and Mali, Sierra Leone, and Algeria. No. Dahomey. No! Dahomey? The no, homie, my... like rolling with no, the homies. I... No, fuck it. Okay, that's that's where I trip. The homie in Namibia, Senegal, Libya, Cam- Cameron, Ga- Congo, Zaire. Niger- ah, fuck. <laughs> I always got fucked up in Africa. <laughs> <sighs> I made it so far. <sighs> okay, that's nice. This is almost an hour and a half. That is ridiculous. Sorry, Hannah Beth. In my defense, it was a really long chapter. But so we did thank all of our new, our all of our patrons of the Fox variety, and now we are going to go and look at our newest patrons. We have. I thanked that one last time because I couldn't remember how to pronounce your name. But we have a new little wolfie named Brandy Van Lu, and we have an adorable. Little, oh god, I can't uh, Dog? I think it's a dog. Is it a stag? Is it a dog? I think it's a dog. Her name is Elizabeth, and she is a. I have to remember what our Patreon levels are. She is a dog. She's a very wonderful, loyal dog. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. We appreciate you. But uh, we will be trying just to release more content for you guys. I'm really glad that you all appreciated the episode we released early last week which was uh our job so that was actually an offer made by hannah beth to try and pump out two episodes last week so that we could give all of you on lockdown a little oomph something nice to enjoy and to laugh at and to not think about what is going on in the world and i gotta say that all of your comments and stuff on the facebook page were very much appreciated we love you guys your comments always make our day, and we love hearing from you. Also, I know the March ones haven't gone out yet. I am so sorry. We ran out of stamps, and trying to go out and get stamps during lockdown is kind of crazy, but I will do it for you, so if I die of COVID-19, I'm kidding. I'm not going to die, but um, I am going to go to the post office at some point so that I can get stamps, so that I can send these out to you. Or I might just send them to Kat and make her be the one who has to go out in public and buy stamps. But we'll get stamps and we'll send these to you. And she's shaking her head, so she hates you, so I will do it for you. I personally don't care. I'm not going anywhere, so what do I have to do? Nothing. I can't do anything because I am the dumb person who chose to study restaurant servers and everywhere is sort of closed, closed. <laughs> they're delivery and pickup only <laughs> beautiful anyway this has been a really fucking long episode 
So we're gonna let you guys go. And Kat, we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Cat Tam. Let's hope next week in April the world is a little bit better of a place and that there's no Death Star suddenly appearing on the horizon, which kind of honestly feels like it might happen at this point. But Amen. Anyway. We love you guys. Peace. Love. No Starbucks because social distancing is important. Drive throughs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.